Welcome yeah. into Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here with you on this Top Five Tuesday. Boy, what a day it has been already. Mo, what's up, man? I've been more of a day for some than others, I guess. But um, I'm just glad I'm just glad to be here, Chris. Literally, I bet you are at this point because about 15 seconds ago, I wasn't. that was was wild man you know sometimes with these technology and whatnot but it's so crazy when you when you've got technology is frustrating when you have one thing that works and one thing that doesn't especially when they're connected yeah yeah like that doesn't make sense at all no sense no sense (laughs) and nothing's changed from yesterday or last friday or anything like that it's just (laughs) yeah you know it it, it you remember the, you remember the, cliche, the had... cliches are cliches for a reason. Technology is a beautiful thing when it works. Well, you know, when I had to use my phone the other day, nothing had changed. I just, yeah. it just stopped working. My, my entire USB stopped working. So I, I get it. Like, who knows, man? It's, it's just such as life sometimes. Who knows? Yeah. Oh man. Well, it is, it is top five Tuesday and we've got a, uh, we've got a great show for you. We, have several uh several great topics to get into and some not so great topics mm. to get into including uh our top story but also college football award finalists are being named and lots of lots of hate around the world of college college football for the Tennessee Volunteers apparently well you know anytime there are awards there are snubs yeah it just it just seems to be odd that, you know, Tennessee has multiple snubs. Makes no sense. <laughs> I think it's, I think, I think there is an anti orange sentiment out there, an anti Tennessee orange anyway. Not so much a Texas or a Clemson orange, but there is this, that particular shade of, yeah, there, there, that particular shade of orange seems to generate a lot of, a, it's polarizing, let's say. Yeah, you either love it or hate it. There's no question there. That's that's never yeah. been that's never been untrue. No. Uh, but yeah, so we'll get into we'll get into the the some college football award finalists. We'll get into uh, MTSU's. You see, Mo still wearing hasn't changed. <laughs> no, it's it's a different shirt now. Come on, come well, on. I I can't see. I could I couldn't see the shirt yesterday. I do like it though. We got the you got the middle Tennessee gear on again today. He's he's not taking that off until uh until they lose. Until they play again. <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah. Um we got top five Tuesday, so top five draft is coming your way. Most hated TV characters, and this comes on the heels of uh, Yellowstone coming out. And I, I read, you know, I keep seeing these Monica Dutton's the worst TV character ever. She's really not. Um, and we're gonna tell you who are the worst TV characters of all time. Now, see, I'm, I'm glad you explained that because I didn't know what the genesis for that was because I don't watch Yellowstone. Yeah, and... it's just it's a Twitter. It's really is where I see it on Twitter. But it, I mean, we try to be topical. Yeah, we, we, we do our best. We do our best. And we'll get to uh, Teresa Walker, who will talk to us a little bit about John Robinson and his uh, departure as general manager of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, get into some Braves stuff, too. I know we're hoping to get a Braves guest on later this week, but, you know, with the news that uh, that Brian Reynolds is on the market and apparently the Braves have been a suitor 
for the Pirates outfielder, which would be phenomenal <laughs> if I had to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, so th- there's there's some some brave stuff to get to. Obviously, we mentioned yesterday Fred McGriff's going to the Hall of Fame. All of that is coming your way. But before we do anything else, Mo, let's go ahead and jump into yesterday's results, give you today's schedule, and we'll do that on the rundown. This is the rundown. High school girls basketball action from Monday. It was Columbia Central defeating Centennial 56-20. Dixon County with a 58-56 win over Rossview. Ensworth down Sparkman of Alabama 60-54. It was Harpeth Hall 72, St. Cecilia 33. Huntland with a 62-35 win over Cullioka. West Creek downed Kenwood 63-35. Station Camp defeated Portland 62-39. Sycamore downed Montgomery Central 59-16. Wayne County with a 51-47 win over Loretto, trying to be the queens of Lawrence County. Clearly. Apparently. Uh, Franklin Road Academy with a 57-17 win over Zion Christian. Uh, Franklin Road Christian. What did I say? Academy. I'm sorry. Franklin Road Christian. 57 for Zion Christian 17. Yeah. A lot of Franklin roads around, man. There, uh, like, a lot of Franklins. It's like it, OHB. It, you just it, never it, know it, which one you're going to get. Exactly. <laughs> Boys basketball action. Cascade 68, Watertown 38. A Centennial down in Columbia. Central 67-53. It was Fairview 72, Nashville Christian 68. Father Ryan down John Overton 65-45. Huntland 71-54 winners over Cullioka. It was Smyrna 85, FC Boyd 16. Station Camp 58-39 winners over Portland. Sycamore 61, Montgomery Central 49. Loretto avenged those Lady Mustangs loss with a 48-32 win over Wayne County. And Franklin Road Christian's boys down to Zion Christian, a 68-29. In NCAA men's basketball action, it was Lipscomb 87, Trevecca 49. And in NBA action, the Memphis Grizzlies 101-93 winners over the Miami Heat. Tonight's basketball schedule at the high school level, 5 o'clock tip, Kenwood is at Ensworth. All other doubleheaders are 6 o'clock starts, unless otherwise stated. Franklin County is at Blackman. Lebanon is at Brentwood. Hillsboro is at Cane Ridge. Cheatham County hosts Stewart County. Ezell Harding goes to Clarksville Academy. Clarksville Northeast hosts Dixon County. Clarksville Northwest hosts Republic. Marshall County is at Columbia Central. University School of Nashville is at Columbia Academy. I'm sorry, Marshall County is at Columbia Central. USN's at Columbia Academy. There we go. Hampshire is at Cornersville at six. Also, Good Pasture is at Donaldson Christian. Cullioka goes to Eagleville. East Nashville hosting Stratford. Fairview taking on visiting Nolansville. And Wilson Central is at Father Ryan. All six o'clock starts. Also, at six o'clock, Franklin. Road Academy hosting Grace Christian of Franklin. Nashville Christian is at Friendship Christian. Gallatin goes to Green Hill Harpeth at home against Liberty Creek. Clarksville goes to Hendersonville. Hickman County takes on Creekwood at home. Glencliff goes to Hume Fogg. Oakland is at Laverne. Giles County is at Lawrence County. That'll be a nice little homecoming for the Giles County men's basketball coach. Santa Fe goes to McEwen. Charleston County is at Merrill Hyde. Mount Juliet Christian hosting Davidson Academy and Mount Pleasant's at home against Zion Christian. Maplewood goes to Murfreesboro Central Magnet and Franklin is at Page. Pearl Cone takes on visiting White's Creek. Portland hosts Springfield. Battleground Academy travels to Providence Christian. Lipscomb Academy is at Ravenwood. Rockvale hosts Beach. 
Overton goes to Smyrna. Warren County is at Stewart's Creek. Spring Hill is at Summertown. Centennial goes to Summit. Sycamore takes on Visiting Community. Webb School, the feet, and I guess the lady feet, will host Middle Tennessee Christian. Macon County goes to Westmoreland. Greenbrier is at White House Heritage. Independence is at Mount Juliet. That is a 630 tip there. Girls basketball games only. Riverdale is at Coffee County at six. Also at six, Lancaster Christian is at FC Boyd Christian. Boys basketball only. Coffee County takes on Lighthouse Christian. That is a, a 7.30 start in Manchester. Also at 7.30, White House travels to Hunter's Line. And women's basketball action tonight at 5.30 on SEC Network. Plus, you can catch the Lady Vols taking on the – Mox of Chattanooga. Belmont is at Lipscomb. That's at six o'clock on ESPN Plus. Men's basketball tonight at Belmont is Trevecca. That's a 6:30 tip on ESPN Plus. Austin P taking on Kentucky Christian at seven tonight. And Boyce College is at Tennessee State, also a 7 p.m. tip. Both of those on ESPN Plus as well. And that's going to do it for today's rundown. Today's top story, certainly a uh, little shocking as the Tennessee Titans have parted ways with general manager John Robinson, Mo. You said it's a little shocking. I think that's a little understatement. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I just – I'm not necessarily – surprised by the move but the timing mid-season i mean just when we had thought that the titans wouldn't do anything mid-season in terms of their hierarchy I, I i don't know i'm not sure what you gain necessarily by parting ways with your general manager mid-season well i can give you a theory my theory hmm it's the end of college football season. Senior bowl's coming up. Pro days are coming up. You need the guy who's going to be drafting for you scouting these guys. Okay. All right. All right. I can I can see that. I can see that. That makes sense. That's 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 my theory. Now that, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's the theory that they're working off of or not. But like I said, that makes sense. You want the guy that's going to be making those decisions making those evaluations to the extent possible. And so I can, I can see that that's now I will say, and they obviously the, you can't just not have a, a GM like that's no. obviously not possible. Like, so elevating, um, elevating assistant GM Ron Cowden now into the interim GM role, uh, is, is, kind of the obvious move at least for transition's sake um but as you know david beauclair beauclair you know at beauclair sports said you know he served as an important voice in the personnel department under john robinson and i'm just not sure like if you're firing john yeah, that robinson may not, that want... may not be a ringing endorsement right <laughs> maybe there. that's not the guy <laughs> but i mean again you've got to have you got to have, have somebody in the interim i I think to your point, 
you wouldn't expect Ryan Cowden to be a candidate for the permanent role. No, I can't imagine. So. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it, it certainly is, you know, obviously the more you think about it, the more or the less shocking the move is. Um, well, <laughs> I just, I, I don't think there was ever any warning signs. You know what I mean? I, I don't think there's any, there were any warning signs for the fact that again, the Titans have really been loathed to make midseason moves, but I think, and I, I don't think it's as simple as AJ Brown torching the Titans Sunday, but I do feel like that's certainly a factor. And, and certainly we'll get Teresa Walker of the Associated Press to talk more about this when we have her on in the next segment. But I think there's kind of been a, an accumulation of things here over the last little bit, an accumulation of shortcomings that kind of go back to that position. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's that alongside the issues that the Titans have had on the injury front, you know, not maybe spending too much money on certain some people. guys and then not enough money on others. On others. It's uh, you know, it, I was when I was talking to Terry McCormick this morning, I, right before the news broke. I hate that, Justin. I hate that you know we didn't keep ta- Terry on for the for another 10, 15 minutes because we would have had this on the show this morning. That would have been insane. I wouldn't have been able to handle it probably. Oh no, it would have been crazy. But yeah, when, when I I asked him, I said, you know, what is what is your thought process on why the Titans have have struggled in the first round and you know wouldn't it just be smarter to trade those picks for more established guys and and he said yeah you know I don't, that doesn't that doesn't surprise you know that wouldn't surprise me if if that were an option but obviously you you know you've got to keep the salary cap intact too you can't pay a bunch of veterans you got to have some some rookie contracts on there too uh so i guess you know i don't know it it just felt like he mismanaged the salary cap and because of that, you end up with, you know, you you always wind that, up with somebody who you really need to keep being walking, tough to keep walking out the door, or and or so, yeah, I mean, and and there's again, we'll get into it more as the as the show progresses, but you, you know me, you know there's one there's one contract out there that I really feel like kind of set this entire tone no wow and if he were on the field right now he'd be an upgrade from what they have theoretically you know but he's not been on the field for two years and we're Mm -hmm. wasting we're wasting a ton of money on taylor lawan i mean a ton so as opposed to the half ton we'd have been wasting if he was on the field Right. I mean, as bad as this offensive line is, you would, you know, Roger Saffold being gone is brutal. Uh, didn't have a replacement for him, just assumed Raidens could do it. And then Jeff Simmons still not being signed. Jeff Simmons hasn't been signed. Uh, it's, AJ Brown walking. It is a, a laundry list. I mean, you, you go back to Caleb Farley, Isaiah mm-hmm. Wilson. I mean, that's. Yeah. 
that's where you're that that's where the rub is right now for for the Titans. They are struggling to to deal with this list, this particular list of of moves, and the list starts with you know probably Isaiah Wilson, I would guess. Um, then you've got Darrington Evans that ends up being uh, you know a third round nothing. Caleb Farley and Dylan Radins last year. You traded a second round and a fourth round pick for Julio Jones. You traded AJ Brown for essentially no, nothing. No, hold up, hold. Up. I'm I'm not going to kill him for the Julio Jones trade. I'm not either. But that I'm didn't saying, work out. I mean, you traded a second round draft pick where you've you know you've been pretty decent over the years. Who who among us hated that move at that time? No, nobody. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, and, I'm just, and I didn't I'm hate, just not going to beat him up for the Julio. I mean, I was, I was glad to see the Titans being bold in a situation where they typically have not. I'm not going to kill him for Julio Jones. I'm just putting that the 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 list of things that I'm certain had were on Amy Adams Strunk's desk. Uh, Bud Dupree's huge contract, Jadavian Clowney. Um, you know, that. yeah, I, I mean, both of those were big money deals that, that, that hurt your cap space. It just doesn't, it, it's not a good look for, for John Robinson and over time, that's, you know, that's just where we sit now. So let's, yeah. uh, let's see what. Teresa Walker has to say after a break. She joins us from the Associated Press right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. You guys stick around with us. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. 
because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton on this Top 5 Tuesday coming to you. And big news of the day, John Robinson terminated as general manager of the Tennessee Titans. And to talk more about it is Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, who joins us now via audio. Teresa, how are you? Well, I'm doing good, and thanks for letting me join only by audio today. I, I was not expecting the news to come that came. Uh, I, you know, I saw the tweet, you know, like um, within a minute of Ian Rappaport uh, tweeting out the news from him and Tom Pelissero that they were making the move, and I was busy you know, texting out and reaching out to as many human beings as I possibly could at that point. Um, and I will say this, it, it's ironic because we were actually talking in the Titans media workroom yesterday about, uh, uh, you know, what was going on. I mean, let's face it, the reason that Ryan Tannehill was sacked six times on Sunday is because Isaiah Wilson was a first round bust at number 29, a guy who when he was taken at that that high, people were like, say what? Uh, most people didn't have him above a, a third round pick. And, you know, that, you know, I mean, he, he, he took four snaps, at, you know, before the Titans ended up suspending him and then trading him away after that rookie season. Caleb Farley, uh, you know, that's a guy he, you know, the reason team, the reason he dropped to them at 22 in the draft last year was because one, he was the first player to opt out of a major college because of the pandemic in 2020. And then he had a second back surgery in March, weeks before the draft. Uh, and, you know, it's, and then, oh yeah, Dylan Radens, a guy who was competing, we thought would be the right tackle this year. Uh, second rounder last year from an FCS school who also only played one game in all of 2020 at North Dakota State. Uh, he lost his job to a rookie this year, Nicholas Petit Frere. Uh, you know, this team has done a really great job the last few years of finding undrafted players. Uh, Trey Avery, Tara Tart, I mean, you know, Naquan Jones. You know, they've, they've found some, you know, some gems here and there. But you cannot miss on your first and second rounders. And, uh, I mean, shoot, I'm, I, there's one guy I'm trying to remember who, you know, decided to just quit playing football after a year. And I can't remember his name right now. Uh, he was a, a defensive lineman, linebacker, uh, you know, uh, that Paul Kaharski kind of famously kept trying to get him to, an, you know, answer questions. And, and the guy just simply just would not. And then, you know, nobody was really surprised when he said, no, I'm not coming anymore. Uh, so you, you, you can't hit and miss or, or excuse me, you can't miss on that many top draft picks. There, why is there a problem on the offensive line? Why is Dennis Daly starting at left tackle? Because Dylan Radens isn't ready. Uh, Isaiah Wilson didn't last. Those are two people that should be starters in your offensive line as we speak. 
And then you look at left guard, and 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 I know that Mike Brable and the coaching staff love Aaron Brewer. You know the guy called you know tougher than a two dollar steak, but he's an undersized lineman that you know when you've got Dennis Daly to his left, let's just put it this way: makes Aaron Brewer look look you know like are you sure he's worth two dollars at this point so uh, you know and and Aaron's a nice kid he's worked really hard but and he's one of those undrafted guys that they found but he's playing because of the issues you know they made us they made a choice this offseason a salary cap cut was Roger Saffold guess where Roger Saffold is playing right now with the Buffalo Bills uh Quentin Spain another guy that they chose to to, to let go is also on the Bills roster um it, you know so it's it's one of those things that Jack Conklin he was an all pro that was the first guy John Robinson drafted he was an all pro as a rookie they chose not to keep him and let him go sign a big deal in Cleveland so when you're the GM when you're making choices on who to who to keep, who to draft, who to sign to extensions. And let's be honest, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, we, you know, he, he made some of the comments and when we asked to try to follow up on it about, you know, well, we don't know if we're going to be able to pay you what you want next year. Uh, You know, and Jeffrey's like, listen, I'm, I'm focusing on football. Jeffrey Simmons is a guy you'd think you'd want to have on your defense. Maybe you think about cutting a Bud Dupree who hadn't been able to stay healthy since you signed him coming off of a torn ACL, an ACL that he tore in, in December. John Robinson made a trade in, in March for or April for Robert Woods, a, guy, a wide receiver coming off a torn ACL in November of last season. So, you know, there's just, and, and you know, you look at, and I'm going back to this, guys. You know, Mike Brable said on the Rich Eisen show early in April that A.J. Brown wouldn't be traded as long as he was the head coach. And then we saw what happened. He got traded. Now, we've, you know, I've, I've heard a lot that, you know, talks broke down, that A.J. said he wouldn't step on the grass until he got a new deal, uh, and then ended up cutting off communications, not only with the team, but his position coach, and then asked to be traded, uh, you know, if you want to keep somebody, you keep it from getting to that point in a year where the wide receiver market, you know, you may have gone in thinking you're paying one thing. Well, you know, anybody who's been to a car lot lately, you know, if you thought you might could get a car for this price, no, no, no. Prices jumped this year. And that's what it was with the wide receiver market. So, <laughs> it, 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 you know, the, the thing is this, it, it, it's not stunning when you put a few things in context. Remember when Miss Amy Adams Strunk fired uh, Ken Wisenhunt? It was after a loss in Houston where Marcus Mariota, their rookie, took a pounding, uh, or, you know, in that game. And, you know, and Ken Wisenhunt just, I mean, and the year before, I think it was poor Zach Mettenberger who, and Jeremiah Patasi who got totally abused by J.J. Watt uh, because they refused to give the rookie that year any help. So when she sees something, she seems to make, she makes up her mind and she goes. And it just feels like this was a decision that she'd seen enough. A.J. Brown had a, put on a show against the team that you can make the argument should still be in two-tone blue. And yet he's wearing eagle green and a deal, you know, yeah, deals can be made. You know, if you want to spend the money, you can find a way to do it. Maybe you cut somebody. This defense has got a lot of money invested into it. That offensive line, it had a lot of money invested in it. And now suddenly they can't open holes for Derrick Henry. They can't protect Ryan Tannehill. And, and, and you know, 
And weirdly, this team is still in place to go win a third straight division title, which has not been done by this franchise since the first three years of its existence in the old AFL. So bold move by Amy Adams Strunk. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Teresa, it seems that Amy Adams Strunk subscribes to the Jeremy Foley theory of what should be done eventually must be done immediately. Um, and the timing of this uh, coming out of Philadelphia where the offensive line was so glaringly bad and A.J. Brown was so glaringly good uh, just really seems to have um, been the tipping point. Well, that's the thing. If you're going to make the move, go ahead and make it. And, uh, you know, somebody made this point yesterday. It's like, why is it this, this team can go out and find all these DBs and yet Raven Clark is the one guy that you you sign? You know, Eric Fisher may not have much left in the tank, but uh, the Miami Dolphins signed him yesterday to help them, and the Tennessee Titans didn't. Now, there was a report that within the last couple of weeks, the Titans reworked Robert Woods's deal to create some more cap space because, you know, with all these moves they're making on and off the practice squad and things like that, it takes actual money. This team is as close to being up against the the, the cap uh, that I can remember since 2005. Guys, that was the year that uh, they were, you know, that's the year that they had such so little money available. They couldn't even fin fill out their eight-man practice squad. And Steve McNair, who could not play because his sternum and everything was hurt so bad, would stand in the uh, defensive backfield you know, to kind of mimic at least a, a warm body, literally. Uh, you know, so, it, you know, there have been a lot of choices made and a lot of decisions made and some contracts handed out. And, you know, that's the problem with the NFL. You've got to pick and choose. It's like going to the grocery store. Titans are on a budget. And that salary cap, because of the pandemic, doesn't go up until next year. And there were some choices made. Uh, but, you know, I think the one thing when the news broke during the draft that they traded A.J. Brown, I was stunned. But then I thought back to the day before when we had John Robinson and he in and, and, or maybe it was uh, the Tuesday before the draft. And what John Robinson said was, you know, he was asked, are you trading? You know, could he foresee trading A.J. Brown? And he said, not before the draft. And at that moment, my radar immediately went up because it's like, hmm, something's going on. So I wasn't too surprised. But. When you take Mike Vrabel's comments, not as long as I'm head coach, uh, I really can't wait to talk to Mike tomorrow uh, when we get him at 1140 in the morning on Wednesday because, you know, that that's the thing. This offense, guys, the, the, the guy who has the most TD catches for this team is a running back, Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, right now, A.J. Brown is, uh, you know, he is way up there. I, I looked it up. It's in the story. Third? He's, uh, no, no, no. Seventh in yards receiving, I think it is. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, seventh with 950 yards receiving. If you put Traylon Burks and Robert Woods together, you're not there, okay? And it's just that simple. You know, he's got 61 catches, and, you know, I think Burks has got 30-something, and, and, and Robert Woods has got 33. So together they have as many as A.J. Brown does. So, uh, you know, how do you take pressure off of Derrick Henry? This is a run-first team with Derrick Henry because they have Derrick Henry. But the fact of the matter is, you know, you need somebody to take some pressure off of them. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't feel that enough.
Teresa, you've talked a lot about the salary cap hell that the Titans are in. Does this all come back to Taylor LeWan's contract? Well, or I, before I came on, I heard you guys talking about Julio Jones. Uh, you know, part of that is is renegotiating Ryan Tannehill's deal last year to clear up cap space for Julio Jones in that trade. And then they redid Julio's uh, deal. So some of it's been kicking some cans down the road. Is, is Taylor LeWan's deal a part of it? Sure. I mean, you know, the guy's getting 14.6 million or something like that this year, uh, accounting against the cap, and he was put on IR in September. Uh, so, you know, you you know, you take a first round draft pick like he was, you expect him, you know, maybe I'm a little influenced. I covered Brad Hopkins and Michael Roos, who held down that job on the left side for about a decade apiece. Um, so, or at least it feels like it. And, and unfortunately now Taylor Lewan has had a, you know, second knee injury, same knee two times in three years. Uh, he's going to be a cap cut guys this next year because he's due, you know, they can save a lot of money right there around 14.4, 14.6 million against the cap next year. Uh, so that's going to be one cap move, but Dupree might end up being a cap savings move. They've got, they're going to have to make some decisions once they uh, start redoing this roster. But let's face it, you know, people were just totally killing me on Twitter Sunday because I dared point out that the Cincinnati Bengals were 10 and 7 last year when they got in the playoffs. That trying to make the point that it doesn't matter what your record is as long as you're playing well once the playoffs start. Okay. Yes, this franchise does not have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. You know how they got those guys? Through the draft. Thinking. Yep. Yes, and the Tennessee Titans, when they tanked, they got Marcus Mariota and Jack Conklin, who's no longer on their roster. Derrick Henry is still on their roster. And, oh, yeah, he's just the eighth man to run for 2,000 yards in a season. A two-time NFL rushing leader would have been a three-timer if not for the foot injury last year. And if they could block, guys, he's still third in the NFL in rushing right now even with two of his worst games of the season in consecutive weeks. So, uh, you know, they're going to have to, you know, we were actually talking about this yesterday. Do they try, you know, is it a blow it up and rebuild? Is it try to, you know, patch on the go and and see what you can do? Uh, I make the argument that you can make some salary cap cuts and maybe be bold, go sign some people. Don't sign some people that are hurt coming off a torn ACL, uh, maybe spent all last year dealing with issues like Julio Jones, JV and Clowney, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, Robert Woods, Robert Woods, another Bobby trees is a great guy to talk to, but, uh, you know, there was a training camp session. I was standing next to a former Titan who said, you know what, you, you can tell he's still favoring that leg, you know? Uh, so that's the way things are right now. They're going to have to decide, do we blow it up or do we try to do a NASCAR pit road, you know, roster change and keep this going? Here's the thing I'm going to point out. Only the Chiefs have a longer streak of consecutive winning seasons than the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are at six. They win two more games and they are at. And they're uh, going to seven. win them. 
they're going, yeah, they've got two games with the Jaguars, one with the Texans. They're going to have a seventh straight winning season, which will tie the longest stretch that this franchise has ever had before. That was during the run and shoot days when they had, you know, Warren Moon and, and Haywood Jeffries and guys like that, and they were the Houston Oilers. So really, really curious to see what approach they end up taking. But it feels like, and let's let's not forget all of this in this conversation, this is a franchise that is trying to finalize the last pieces of financing for a new stadium that they want to open for the 26 season. So uh, blowing it up, blowing it up side of that doesn't go well. No. And you've got people angry. They want everyone fired. Guess what? Somebody got fired. It's not Todd hmm. Downing, which a lot of people wanted, but there were a lot of people in my social media feed on Sunday that wanted J-Rob gone too, because again, you know, that's the fun part of this. John Robinson is the guy who's been putting together the roster and uh, trading away an A.J. Brown. Guys, this is a gen- this is a man who you know made his bones in the NFL as a scout working his way up the Patriots roster. Uh, how many guys did they trade away rather than give huge contracts to Richard Seymour, Pro Football Hall of Famer now, Randy Moss? I mean, we can go on and on and on with the net. You know, shoot, Mike Rabel is a guy that the Patriots <laughs> traded away at, toward the end of his career. So that's the thing is, you know, they they you know it, it, it's this shouldn't come out of uh, left field. As stunning as it is. Amy Adams Strunk has made it clear she's not afraid to make changes during the season when she feels that it's needed to be made. Now I'm curious to see, you know, Ryan Cowden's going to kind of be in charge of player personnel here. He's a guy that they brought over from Carolina. He's a guy who interviewed uh, the last two years, these last two off seasons for GM jobs with other teams. He was one of the finalists in Pittsburgh. So, you know, he came from, came to the Titans from Carolina. So, uh, you know, what do they do to try to fix this situation? Because, you know, Dennis Daly, who they traded for right before the season started this year to be a depth piece is not cutting it very well at left tackle. So uh, I'm curious to see what, if any roster tweaks they make going down the stretch. And as Mike Brabel made it clear Sunday and Monday, this team's at a crossroads. And, you know, everything's there for them with five games left to get on a run. And guys, as much as people don't want, didn't want to hear it from me Sunday, I'm going to say it again. What you do in January is what this team will be remembered for most. And if they get on another run in, in the playoffs, it, it, that's what people will remember. And they may be better off not being a one seed. Oh, sometimes this team, I mean, hey, they they went to Foxborough, they went to Baltimore, and I think the travel of four straight weeks caught up with them in, in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and they do finish up this season at Jacksonville. But you win the AFC South, you're assuring yourself of a wild card game in Nashville. And, yes, they have an Owen, a three-game playoff skid that they've got to snap. But, you know, hey – uh getting one home playoff game keeps you from having to do everything that you're doing. Teresa, before we let you go, I have to ask you this question because I read somewhere that Mike Vrabel may have a little more say-so going forward, at least in the immediate future. Um, 
how much of the bill parcels, if I'm going to have to mm. cook the meal, I want to, you know, go to the grocery store and pick up the ingredients. How much of that is, is playing into this for the, for the remainder of this season, how much influence will he have if, you know, if any, or if all. Well, we're going to, I think that is to be determined. Let's be honest. I mean, that's the thing. We just, you know, Mike Brabel, you know, has always also now in his fifth as a head coach. And I think he understands that it's a little easier to coach sometimes when you have your hands on the grocery list, maybe. So is it helping say, I want this guy, this guy, or that guy, or, you know, this all, this all, I think remains to be determined just how much, because guys, being an NFL coach takes a lot of effort. And in case you didn't know, you know, the AP NFL coach of the year last year for what he and his staff did, squeezing 12 wins out of 91 players, a record in an NFL non-strike season. So uh, we're going to have to stay tuned in other words. I mean, I, 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 if I'm Mike Brabel, who got an extension in February, along with uh, John Robinson, I, I, I want to have more of a say, don't you? Oh, 100%. That's, I mean, his draft, you know, you mentioned the comments about A.J. Brown is not as long as I'm the head coach, and, and then, of course, he is gone. So I, I really feel like, and then the comment what? a month ago, literally a month ago today, when he, you know, said, well, of course we're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. Who the, will we throw it to if we're going to throw it 50 times? So, uh, Ding, ding, ding. And guess what? Derrick Henry is having a career year catching the ball. Because he's the, <laughs> he and Dontrell Hilliard are apparently the two best receivers we've got when they're uh, at least consistently. And unfortunately for Traylon, I hope he's back after that uh, concussion protocol issue so oh, exactly and that's the thing he I mean we have seen now uh in three straight games Traylon Burks looking like the guy who they took at 18 but we, you know he had he was on IR for four games and you know and, and Kyle Phillips who was you know looked to be another good pick he remains on IR we'll find out tomorrow if Racy McMath who was put on IR on August 31st is he back maybe he can start practicing Mike Brabel mentioned they're gonna see if they can get him back, that'll be a huge, huge help. But they're going to have to watch him because he hasn't played football since August. So, uh, you know, maybe you're starting to get healthy at the right time, uh, but you got to be careful here. The good thing for this team, out of the final five remaining games, they play only one team that currently has a winning record, Thursday night, December 29th, against the Dallas Cowboys. So they've got time to, to work through some things, make some changes, and maybe get some key pieces healthy and back. And we'll see if they go find and, somebody to help at left tackle, right? And here's the thing. We <laughs> – a win on Sunday, and you have all but assured yourself the number four spot in the playoffs and a South Division title because you just need to either win one more game the rest of the year or have the Colts lose at some point. I mean, this is a team that could win 10, 11 games, and they've just not been very good at times. It's, it's just crazy to think about. Oh, it absolutely is. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. For all the people who are like, blow it up, let's start over – Guess what? Blowing that up means going over. 
And that means you just don't go simply, you're not showing up to the stadiums. Guess what? Five and 27, you could get tickets on StubHub for two bucks. I didn't see people in the seats, okay? That means people are tuning you out and they cannot afford that as they work to get this new stadium right. into, into the process, get it under you know construction and start selling PSL. So that's what makes me think they're going to have to try to redo it on the fly and and do you know extend ryan Tannehill maybe this off season do some other things uh make some hard decisions and uh you know see what they can do the good thing uh well you're in the afc south so that's going to buy you some time to do just that this fan base won't stand for blowing it up it won't because and for everybody who says that they will uh are you they buying won't. tickets yep. yeah so I know Teresa Walker, the Associated Press, with the story on AP. Go check it out. Go follow her at Teresa M. Walker on Twitter. You can find the story there. And uh, it's it's definitely something to uh, to watch, obviously. And like I said, this is going to be a very uh, important December and January for or you know you just like you said, Teresa, it's going to be important going forward and when april rolls around hmm. we'll, we'll see what happened we'll, we'll see, see who's going to the grocery store but i <laughs> i got one final question as we let Teresa go um if john robinson can be gone how is todd downing still here that is a great question here's the thing and, and i've had this this conversation with a lot of people uh, the idea that, you know, he's been charged, he's not been convicted. Okay. At least on the, the arrest for speeding and driving under the influence and the NFL is looking into it. Uh, the production on the field. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not even he, talking about the legal issues. I know the, the, the fact of the matter is this offense is among the worst in, and, I'm, and when I say among the worst, we're talking, uh, I think, 30th in total yards, uh, 26th in points. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, what, thank God for Derrick Henry because they're 15th rushing the ball, uh, but they're 26th in points, tw tied for 29th in yards per game. Uh, the passing game is 30th, okay? So, uh, you know... Now, you can tell me that it's we've got to stay on the field longer and it's tough to do anything when you go three and out, yada, yada. But the fact of the matter is this is an offense that in Arthur Smith's last season, 2020, was one of the very best in the NFL. They were second in yards and tied for uh, fourth in points. So it's been and you know, you have the same quarterback. And Ryan Tannehill is 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 playing much better this year than he did last year. So uh, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? So uh, and considering that Tim Kelly, it, the guy that we all thought Mike Vrabel wanted to hire, but the Texans said no, uh, is on this roster as a passing game coordinator. It, you know, are there more shoes to drop this season? You know, we uh, we're all waiting for that. So, uh, you know, at some point you've got to be able to do better because in, a, a very loud message has been sent. Do your job and do it better. 
All right, so we're gonna. I'm gonna use you to segue into our next segment, uh, Teresa Hinden Hooker, not invited to New York for the Heisman finalist ceremony. How surprised are you? Uh, I'm very surprised. I mean, let's be honest. The man was intercepted twice all season, and yes, his performance against Alabama with 15 seconds left to drive them for the winning field goal, uh, that was what you would think is a Heisman performance. I look at the other finalists, Stetson Bennett, that was people voted for the quarterback on the number one team. Uh, I'm sorry, you compare stats, common opponents, Hendon Hooker was better. So uh, this is Hendon Hooker getting hurt and not being able to finish off and polish up his stats against Vanderbilt, I think is what ended up costing him that. And unfortunately, the loss against South Carolina, where, uh, you know, he uncharacteristically missed some players down the field. So, uh, yeah, but you know what? I, I, the one good thing about Hendon Hooker being the kind of guy that he is, it's not something that I think he's going to be sitting around kicking himself for. I think he's going to be looking uh, to see how he helps Joe Milton. The fact that he was in on the sideline at Vanderbilt in the rain, you know, waiting for, you know, to recover from an ACL. This young man has got his eyes set on a big picture. So uh, just an impressive young man. I, he deserves to be in New York. And if I never had a Heisman vote. I certainly would have voted for him. Yeah. I think that makes three of us. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, thanks so much. We appreciate it. And we'll talk more about Hennon Hooker and the Heisman race, as well as some other finalists race on Main Street Sports today. Thanks, T. Thanks, guys. I'm going to go eat for the first time today. So <laughs> thank you very much. Enjoy. Enjoy. We'll be right back on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint right after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama. So other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms forms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo, we were just talking about it, and we'll continue to talk about it because the fact that Hendon Hooker is not in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony is pretty much absurd. I was going to say ludicrous. That's not the it. rapper, but but yeah, I mean, yeah, absurd, ludicrous, ridiculous, all of those, and then some. I mean, I don't, I don't know. 
what more he could have done other than been on a different team. Yeah, you know, I I mean, if if he puts up the numbers that he put up playing for Texas, there's no question he's there. If if he does this playing for Michigan, there's no question he's there. So so the question becomes why why is it that players get penalized for playing for Tennessee? I don't know. I will say this. Um Yeah, against top 30 defenses, and I tweeted this last night, against top 30 defenses, he played five games. 69% completion rate, 13 touchdowns, two picks. C.J. Stroud was almost identical. He had 14 touchdowns and four picks with a in five games with 68.9% completion percentage. Stetson Bennett was actually pretty good against top 25 teams. He didn't play a whole lot. I'm not surprised that Stetson Bennett was pretty good, but uh, the numbers. The numbers are pretty close and almost, uh, they're a lot closer than I thought they would be, Mo. Uh, Matter of fact, he he actually, against top 25 teams, now this is not against top 30 defenses because to me, top 25 teams is not necessarily in, you know, Tennessee's defense is terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not I'm not going to count his stats against Tennessee's defense because, crap, if Hendon Hooker had played Tennessee's defense, he'd have had 17,000 yards and 42 touchdowns. I mean, that's just the facts of the matter, right? So there, there are there are things, that, you know, that I try to – I try to be as accurate as I can. Max Duggan, would you like to know how many games he played against top 50 defenses? Sure. One. Iowa State. Top 50. 50. I, they didn't go any farther than that, so I don't know. Not top where. 30. Top 50. <laughs> so, I mean. And was Iowa State number 50? Uh, no, they, they were actually like seventh. Oh, okay. But he only had two touchdowns against them. Wasn't very good against them. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that Max Duggan is even there is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams, I can see. C.J. Stroud, not a chance. Uh, I just – I don't know how you justify the SEC's third-team all-conference quarterback being a Heisman finalist. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, it, and it and, and – we have both blown Stetson, uh, Stetson Bennett up on this show. I love him. I think he's been fantastic. You know, if Georgia, if he leads Georgia to back-to-back national championships, I think they're gonna put. They should put a statue up on campus for him. But he doesn't deserve to be a Heisman finalist against top twenty-five teams. And these and this are these are current top twenty-five teams in the AP. This is not what, what, when they play. These are. Teams that are right now top 25 teams. He played five games. Stetson Bennett had a 73% completion percentage for 1,472 yards, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. His QBR is 185 with four rushing touchdowns. And all of those numbers are by far the best numbers of Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan, Caleb Williams, Cesar Stroud, or Hinnon Hooker. Hinton Hooker is second on the list in everything else. 
other than yards, Caleb Williams has 1600 yards, which is insane in five games. I don't, I don't know how he did it, but he did. Um, but yeah, CJ Stroud and Max Duggan should definitely not be in, in New York, not over Blake Corum and Hendon Hooker. I mean, Blake Corum is probably the biggest slight of them all. And I even quote treated Taylor Lewan because he was not wrong. 1,400 yards rushing, 18 touchdowns, and a six six yards a carry average. And he did it in 10 and a half games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I, I just, I mean. Let's just call it what it is, Mo. Let's call it the, you know, the – decorated quarterback award it's, it's apparently i mean I, I clearly it's been a quarterback award for some time with rare exception but 97 when when a michigan guy got just, it just just drinking my tea over here yeah yeah i mean it's it's i'd rather win the maxwell at this point mo at least it at least it really encompasses the best player in college football more so than the Heisman. And the Heisman was supposed to be the moral high ground award, and the other is just on the field type stuff. If Hen and Hooker doesn't meet your moral standards, then you need to change your standards. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I I, I truly don't have a, a response or anything to add. I mean, you, you've hit on everything. It's just, um, it's really galling and it, and it's tough to figure out how, how he doesn't even get an invite. I mean, because like you said, we talk about all state and, and folks talking about so-and-so should be on there. Well, who do you take off? Okay. Well, you don't even have to take anybody off. But I gave you two good options. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you know, the the number of finalists that get invited to New York varies from year to year. We've seen three. We've seen five. You know, and typically it's like what this is telling us is the gap between four and five, which I I would like to think he was fifth. Hell, I don't know. But the gap between four and five was such that the fifth, the number five candidate didn't, didn't deserve to be invited. And I I don't know how I'll be interested to see the numbers once it's all over with. You and me both. I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got frustrating comments. I've got, you know, ticked off comments. I just, you know, and, and then you look at the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year Award finalists, and Josh Heupel's not on the list. Uh, I mean, listen, listen, Kirby Smart. What Kirby Smart did this year, after losing fifteen draft picks last year, is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But it's not more impressive than taking a team that was three and seven two years ago and had thirty-two people leave to number six in the country and 10 and two, two years later. That's not, it's not more impressive than that. I'm sorry. And Sonny Dykes is probably supposed to, should probably be 
on the list. But the fact that Jim Mora isn't on the list hmm. tells you everything you need to know about the people who, who, who put that award together. Jim Mora, who took the Yukon Huskies to a bowl game after the debacle and whatever last year was. Uh, one in one in eleven, they were terrible. It was a debacle. And that's a great, great word for it. <laughs> and they're going bowling. How is he not on the list? Oh man. It's it, it that this is why I try not to get too caught up in postseason awards. Uh, you shouldn't. Bill Clark didn't win it in twenty fourteen and that that to <laughs> that to me was, you know, ridiculous in and of itself. So there we go. Let's let's take a break because we do need to get Chip Walters, who is standing by, by the way. And uh, we will get to Chip right after we take a break here on Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joints. Top 5 Tuesday. Stick around right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Well, Mo. Yes. The star of Celebrity Deathmatch and one of the greatest voices in all of combat sports is gone as uh, Mills Lane passed away. And you you put that on our 
run of show, and I didn't mention it in the last segment, but man, Mills Lane, let's get it on. That was my favorite part of Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> no doubt. He um, he was quite the character, both in the ring and out. Um, also had a television show, Judge Mills Lane. Um, yes. Yeah. So um, died at the age of 85. Um, and 2013 inductee into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Um, was on the um, Tyson Holyfield bite fight, among others. So. so, always a always tough when we have to announce death news. But uh, Mills Lane was a good one. Enjoyed watching. Yeah, him over certainly, the years. certainly wanted to acknowledge him. Absolutely. Now we go to the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, who joins us now with his hashtag true cap. I like that. Uh, think Mills Lane. If, if Mills Lane was the third man in the ring, you knew it was a big event. No doubt. One of those guys. Yeah. He, he was always on the good ones for sure. Yeah. Um, so he should have been officiating the MTSU Louisville game Sunday. <laughs> had a little, had a little bit of a, disagreement down there uh, down in the end where i was sitting not on the end where you were sitting in your palatial uh seats but uh, and it pays to know people it does it does it was a really good crowd on sunday afternoon and and just a heck of a defensive performance in particular by by uh by middle uh and you know held louisville at two at one point uh, between the first and second quarter I think it was eight minutes and six mm -hmm. seconds without scoring. So, uh, you know, you it doesn't matter who you are. If you have that kind of drought, you're going to have some trouble. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, every time Louisville, where it looked like they might be able to get back-to-back -back baskets or get something started, you know, middle was able to push the lead back out to that 15 and then finally up to around 20, uh, just a kind of a signature win for coach Ensel and his team. And, and, uh, you know, they've got Memphis coming up. They've got Houston coming up. So uh, they've got a tough schedule coming up. But that's that's certainly one that you you can pin a lot of hopes on right there and get you noticed and get your votes in the top 25. Absolutely. I mean, and like you said, they've got a chance to stack some here now with those next couple of games coming up. But, I mean, a, a win over an Atlantic Coast Conference foe is – really something to to put on your resume uh figuratively and literally as you um try to build up your NCAA tournament bona fides yep that's right and you know Jeff Waltz this is the second time he's brought a ranked Louisville team into Murphy Center and uh you know I, I think you know it's you it it's still easier on the women's side to get those kind of games than it is on the men's side. Egos get in the way a lot of times, but you know, uh, tip of the hat to him mm -hmm. uh, for 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 you know continuing to do that. And you think back in the past when you had you know Brenda Freeze brought Maryland in here when they were ranked number one. LSU came in here. Ole Miss has been in here a bunch. Uh, Kentucky has made trips here. Uh, so you know, over time. Uh, you know, those, those folks uh, have done it, you know, have come down and they didn't always leave here with victories. And, uh, and, and while Waltz and company 
did not leave. And, and did I read something that that knocked them out of the top 25 for the first time in six years or something like that? Does that sound I right? didn't see that. Did that knock them out? Are they out? They were 18th coming in. And, yeah. I, and uh, so, you know, it, it, what, whether it did or not, it was a big win for middle. And right now they've got Louisville's got a little work to do. They lost a player to the transfer portal over the weekend, actually within 24 hours of game time. And, uh, and so they were a little bit disjointed and, and, uh, and, but you know, that, that happens. And, uh, and, you know, kudos to middle for getting the win and taking advantage of what they had in front of them. And now they have to get that behind them and get ready for Memphis. Louisville did fall out of the top 25. They are third among the others receiving votes at this point, which is clearly some folks need to do their homework. I don't know that a loss to MTSU deserved that from number 18, but I mean, 18 down is Creighton, Baylor, Maryland, undefeated Arkansas at 21, Gonzaga, Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Villanova. Fill out your top 25 this week following that 67-49 Middle Tennessee State win over visiting Louisville. MTSU got one vote. The the last poll. Probably the Louisville beat writer. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. The last poll in which Louisville was not ranked in the Associated Press poll was January 4th of 2016 when they received votes at 10 and 5. The next week they were 23rd and ended that, that season at number 8. So almost six full years, mm-hmm. just about five years, 11 months, something like that. So, right. yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, uh, you know, con- again, congratulations there. And, you know, and just a, a big weekend overall is the, the blue Raiders came off that long trip and had a, you know, kind of a perfect opponent to face on Saturday in Maryville, a team that was Maryville college, uh, which is made up of a bunch of guys who, have played on that floor before in state tournament appearances and things like that. Uh, but uh, very hard playing, very sound fundamentally, and a good shooting. Yeah, and they're not really that great at all, actually. I'm just going to be honest with you. They do what? I'm well, just you've, be got something, you've got something, to be, you've got something he, about, about I've got some sort of beef with Maryville. Yes, and they can, they can jump off cliffs and break their left big toes for all they, I care. With that being said, the middle they are a good basketball team. And they are Maribel is one of those teams that is consistently in the top five or six in the D3 South rankings, which will get you into the, the D3 tournament every time. Yeah. Uh that they, they are a, a perennial D3 power. And, and and you're right, they for whatever reason they're able to recruit a lot of guys who could be playing D two or higher. Yeah, the uh, Rasnick, they're the guy who's kind of a gym rat for them, played at East Tennessee. Uh, Cordell Kay, who was on those really good Bearden teams, uh, he was he was on that team. But Middle outscored them seven seventeen to nothing in the first four minutes and twelve to nothing in the final four minutes. So beat them twenty nine to nothing in in that. You know, started strong, finished strong, and. And, uh, and and then you know back and forth in the middle. So now the three games remaining before they jump back in conference play will be this uh, uh, will be this week uh, this Saturday afternoon four o'clock little uh, matinee at uh, the Curb Event Center against Belmont fifteenth at home against Chattanooga and the twenty first at home against Murray State. So three 
really mm-hmm. good uh, matchups. Uh, we we're talking about the the women and the games they've got coming up. Same goes for the guys with the three they've got left before Christmas. Oh, Murray coming in town, huh? That's right. Goodness gracious, that brings the, back some memories. It does. And the game on the 15th, by the way, against Chattanooga, for folks who may not have heard, that is the official 50th anniversary game of Murphy Center because the the – the the actual date of the first game that was played there was December 11th. So this is the closest they could get to that is December 15th. And uh, Chattanooga being the opponent just so happens, though, that Lee Fowler is uh, bringing a crew of uh, four, five, six of the players that were on the Vandy team that played in 1972. And they're going to be in the building uh, that night, as well as Middles. 72 73 team that uh that played vandy that night and a whole lot of fun stuff uh going on there'll be a a a retrospective videos uh all night of not only basketball but uh but concert footage uh all kinds of stuff coming up on on that night on the 15th should be a lot of fun chip i've actually been invited back for that i I guess um and there's and there's for folks who actually have to buy their tickets, there are a couple of sections where they have throwback pricing to 72. And that means those tickets are four bucks. Nice. I think I can afford that. There you go. (laughs) Chip Walters, the voice of the blue Raiders joining us here on main street sports today, presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint Uh, chip uh, conference USA honors have been announced. And, um, Middle brought home a pretty good bunch of honors, I guess, huh? Yeah, three players named first team all-conference, two on the second team, and ten honorable mention picks. Jordan Ferguson, uh, Kyle Ulbrich, uh, the punter, and long snapper Brody Butler, who has been 77 for 77 on long snaps this year, did not have one go awry, knock on wood. Uh, named first team, second team members, uh, Teldrick Ross and Jalen Lane. And then uh, real quickly, the uh, honorable mentions included Chase Cunningham, Frank Pizant, Jalen Lane as a wide receiver, tight end uh, Isaiah Gaffings, Jordan Palmer, an offensive lineman, Zaylen Wood, a defensive end, uh, Marley Cook, uh, defensive tackle, cornerback DeCorian Patterson, cornerback Trey Flewellen, uh, Zeke Rankin, place kicker, and uh, Jalen Lane as a kick returner. So he's on there three different times. And uh, Keelan Rutledge, an offensive lineman, was also on the all-freshman team. Bottom line is Jalen Lane is a pretty good football player. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. They 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 like Jalen Lane with the ball in his hands. And, and you mentioned Brody Butler was 77 of 77 on long snaps this year. He was 129 of 130 as a freshman. So he's he's pretty again, knock on wood, automatic there. Yeah, he, he and and that's you know, that's such a valuable piece of the equation and uh and, and, and it's good to see a guy like that uh to be to be recognized. Also, Keelan Rutledge, one of five offensive linemen on the all freshman team for Conference USA. So. Yeah. So that, that 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 bodes well for the uh you know for his uh, continued growth and 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 it's nice to have 
when you look at back, okay, what's coming back next year? And you've got a guy who was on the all freshman team that, that makes you feel pretty good that you've got him hopefully for another two or three years. Now, Chip, are you guys going to Hawaii? Yes. Yes. We'll be going to Hawaii. Uh, uh, not leaving. I, I'm not going to be traveling with the team on this trip. They're leaving on the 19th and, uh, and, uh, due to scheduling and family things and all that, uh, Jeff's not going to be able to go, but Dwayne Hickey's going to slide into his spot and, uh, JP will be there, uh, making sure, but me, Dwayne and JP are flying out on the 22nd and, uh, coming back. We've got a late night flight on the 24th coming home. So, uh, we'll be there. What? little over 48 hours uh, probably uh and uh turning around coming back and getting home uh christmas day afternoon jet lag does all get out well that's fine you know it you, you're gonna it's so uh, the sacrifices you have to make mo you have to make to go to paradise to the south pacific <laughs> so, but uh, they, um, by the way the football they uh they're they had basically all last week off they are uh, back in the weight room this week. They will start practice on Friday uh, before and they'll have Friday and then all next week. And they will leave uh, early on the morning of the 19th headed to Honolulu. Look, and, uh, in between that time, I'll try to learn more about uh, Brady Hoax, uh, San Diego state Aztecs which it, it looks like just from a 50,000 foot view, they and middle are very, very similar. And that's kind of why they ended up playing each other. Uh, both were seven and five out of group of five conferences and, uh, and ESPN, you know, they kind of, there's a really good story on the athletic, by the way, that talks about how, uh, how all these bowl games and the matchups happen and, and really, the only people that have control over that is pretty much ESPN, ESPN. and, uh, and, and they, they will look for matchups. What do they think is going to be okay. Conference USA, you've got this group of teams. Who do we think there and who do we think out of the mountain West is going to bring the most eyeballs to the screen on Christmas Eve at seven o'clock central time. And so that's how a lot of that ended up. And, and that, that's, that's kind of how they put all those together. Interesting. Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders, joining us here as he does each and every Tuesday. We appreciate your time as always, man. It's always good to see you guys. And uh, you need to come visit sometime soon here, Chris. Man, if I can get out of the house, it's hard enough for me to go to the grocery store right now with the baby. But as soon as I get a chance, I'm going to, I promise. (laughs) Good deal. Y'all have a good week. Thanks, Chip. You too. Take care. All right, short break here. We come back with the top five draft, top five most hated TV characters right after this on Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Walmart Supply Chain is hiring in Lebanon. Earn up to $22.25 an hour when you join our new fulfillment center. Enjoy competitive pay and premium perks, including 100% paid college tuition, 401k match, Flexible schedules, a free Walmart Plus membership that includes discounts, and free Paramount Plus. Paid time off and so much more. Fulfilling work starts right here. 
text JOIN to 240-240. That's JOIN 240-240 to apply. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. All right, it's time for our top five draft. And who are the most hated TV characters of all time? We'll tell you right now. Top five Tuesday is brought to you by our friends at Mid-South Five Fitness. That is Thallus Steel and the gang at Steel Athletes, S-T-E-E-L Athletes.com. That's S-T-E-E-L Athletes on Instagram as well. Go check out Thallus Steel. They got a, one location in Columbia, one in Franklin, just like me in Columbia, Mo in Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> it works out real well today. Um, so looking forward to to this top five. And I did quite a bit of research on this, and I'm not going to lie. And when I say research, I went into my Netflix and other shows' histories to kind of think about some of the shows that I've watched over the years and who I hated the most. Mm -hmm. Well, the draft order this week is me first because I was last – on the list. Mo, you did win last poll, so congratulations. Um, Justin, second. So we start with our number now, one. Now, what pick. was that? Remind me what uh, that draft was. Oh, man. Gosh. What was it? I don't remember what it was, but I remember that. <laughs> but I won it. You had a really good number five. What and was I it? think that's what put him over the top. Well, I just remember him being like, if I don't win this poll because of this oh, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I I just I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, I just I had it listed from last week. Mm -hmm. Number one overall, I'm gonna go with King Joffrey Baratheon oh, of Game of worst. Thrones. It's number, it's number one, worst character of all time. And here we go, <laughs> King Joffrey, most hated. Justin, man, that that was definitely my number one. But now that <laughs> new format, uh, you know, I got a couple more in, in the bag here. I. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, so this may not be. Ooh, dang! Yeah. Uh, TV character, definitely not. Yeah, well, oh, TV or so, no movies. Or... Yeah, so TV. Uh -oh. That's oh, that's cool. That's fine. Uh, if we want to, if we want to add movies in, that's fine. But all of mine are going to be TV. So mine are all TV as well. Yeah, that's Justin cool. figured out TV. Uh, TV. So I would like to be skipped. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pick somebody. I, mean, no, no, I was gonna say Mogo first, and I'll have one by the time he's done. All right. I, I, yeah, I got you. Sorry. Just I, I will go. I will he traded go his second. first round pick. He traded his first round pick. pick. <laughs> and I and and with with the first round pick, I will take from the HBO series Oz, Vern Schillinger. Mm. I didn't Did watch you, Oz, but I remember. You didn't watch Oz. <laughs> Schillinger I hating him. Yeah, but Schillinger was the neo-Nazi inmate who is now on the um, farmers insurance commercials. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I will take him at number one. All right, Justin, do you have right. a number one? I do. Yes. Um, Go ahead. So my number one is uh, actually going to be. Um, what's his name? I'm sorry, I just had it. Oh, uh, what? Ted Mosby on How I Met Your Mother. I don't think he's funny at all. <laughs> You're probably not wrong. I just genuinely don't think. 
that's going to be a bad number one. I, sorry. This is this is probably going to lose me the draft. <laughs> but my number two most hated character is Beth Dutton of Yellowstone. Dude, I'm not a big fan of her either. She's <laughs> she's a jerk. I just anyway. push your hair out of your face. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and she just she just has no redeeming qualities, none whatsoever. Dang. Zero. None? Like, they screwed her character up. Goodness. So, anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not two, seeing it, so I don't yeah, know. But It's bad, dude. He's okay. She's just the worst. Okay. Justin, second round pick? Uh, speaking of Yellowstone, I don't technically know. I don't know the character's, like, uh, the actress's name. But the girl, the woman who's married to Casey Dutton. That's Monica. Monica. All right, you're gonna go with Monica Dutton. See, yeah. I like Monica, but I'm weird. Um, <laughs> oh, number two. My Second number two. My number two, and and I would not have really thought of of this person as hated, but as I did my research, it's a pretty solid pick, I think. Julie Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Ooh, and as I thought about it. You know the the way she treated kind of, yeah. the, the the way she treated Matt, yeah, Saracen at the end. Who, by the way, if you've not seen the new Criminal Minds, Matt Saracen is the bad guy. What? It's freaking awesome. <laughs> oh goodness, that's crazy. Okay, all yeah. right. Julie Taylor from Friday Night Lights is my number two. My third round pick. I'm gonna go with. Angelica Pickles. <laughs> She's a <laughs> from Rugrats. It's a good. You reach all the way in his bag for that one. That's great. That's a great pick. I don't care what y'all say. That's that great is, value uh, <laughs> in the third round. It's great value. That is solid. Uh, <laughs> my number three um, is Skylar White off of Breaking Bad. She was almost my third round pick, but I went ahead. Oh. And yeah, went, she, yeah she that, that's worst. a good one. That's a good one. She she's the worst. I mean, she, she really was is. always like, leave him alone, you know? Yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> he is cooking meth. Okay, I get it. But <laughs> so my number three, and y'all probably are too young to appreciate it, but hopefully there will be some folks out there voting on the poll that will. From the Rockford files with James Garner back in the um mid to late 70s, I guess. There's a character, Angel, who would always call Jim Rockford up and was always creating problems for Jim. And and he was just not a very good person. Uh, Angel? Angel, yes. Got it. See, yeah. I didn't watch the Rockford Files. I might have to start. Yeah. Angel. Angel is my third round pick. This one's going to get some hate. Because I'm going with some weird folks, man. But my fourth round pick is Hillary Banks. <laughs> God, I hated her. Really? Why? She created all the problems, and she was she was stuck up. She was a butthead to, to Will all the time, and <laughs> she had everything. If 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 she had an issue, her issue came first over everybody's, <laughs> no matter what. Oh, that's, that's funny. It's true that's, too. That is that's that's true. Funny. You're right. Oh, that's good. Was, wow, that's that's a that's a stunner. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was a. But I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, Just, uh, what's your number four? Uh, mine Just, is 
Screech from Saved by the Bell. Ooh, can't stand okay. him. Not funny at all. Okay, all right. And his his past or his future. Oh, oh goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's even more more. Yeah, uh, my number four from Good Times. Bookman. Always trying to throw the Evanses out and out in the street. Uh, he's yeah, uh, absolutely. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. My number five, also from Friday Night Lights, Billy Riggins. Really? Oh, oh my God! <laughs> that's a great pick, isn't it? Know. A fifth round pick, and I'm going Billy Riggins. I that's think. great value that's... at number five. Yes, I mean. Because I said it more times, he's such an a hole. Yeah. I mean, he he screwed up his brother's entire life. If, <laughs> that category is that is definitely in the a hole category. <laughs> oh, without question. Yeah, I hate that I didn't think about that because I'd have taken him sooner. But yeah, that's a great pick at number five. Okay, that, is solid. Um, that that may have won the poll for you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my number five is Martin Brenner, the guy the father the papa of 11 on stranger things the white-haired guy yeah I, yeah you know what i'm talking about i just didn't He's, know his name but yeah i know who you're talking about he was the worst you're right that probably won't get a lot of flash on the on the poll there and like who's martin brenner <laughs> my number five to close this thing out and i've got two options here both from justified i'm gonna mm. go i'm gonna go mags bennett over win duffy Man, I've never seen it. Wow. No Walking Dead characters either. That's a little surprising. But hey, there you go. That's our top five brought to you by our friends at uh, Mid-South Five Fitness. Um, I had some had some others in here. Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah, she she I guess if uh, you were talking about characters that like yeah. are supposed to be not like annoyed you. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and Steve Urkel was on my list. Mm, that's that's not a bad pick. We should, so annoying. we should do movies yeah. next time because I had a we'll, quite a lineup. We'll do movies sometime soon. But we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We've gone over our time, but if you're sticking with us on social media, we appreciate it. This has been this has been a it's been a crazy Tuesday, man. It's been a crazy Tuesday. We didn't even get to our brave stuff, so we'll we'll push that to uh later this week. Hopefully we'll have someone uh, on to talk a little Braves. We will have Heather Williams tomorrow. We will have Heather Williams tomorrow, and we will have Rick Bozich from WRDP. That's not right. In Louisville. In but Louisville. No, not not KRP. No, but I, um, God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> to talk a little bit about the um, Louisville coaching situation. Should be fun. Maybe Ed Orgeron's linked to that job too. He's definitely not part of the UNLV search, or at least he says so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like it'd be a fit. WDRB in Louisville. DRB. Yes. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock right here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. See you then.